millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Welcome to this week's Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahony. On the programme, we continue our weekly look at the world of agriculture and food. A programme for government was agreed earlier this week. We look at what's in it for agriculture. More on the €50 million Euro aid to provide a support scheme for beef finishing farms severely impacted by the economic effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. We hear of a new system of applying nitrogen fertiliser as a foliar spray onto grass as opposed to a granule. AgriAware have been busy with recent campaigns. Shed Talk events are the latest up and running online from this week. Our Chagask advisory is with Shane McCarthy based in Middleton. Dairy Goals Dairy Area Sales Manager in the South City area, Susan Casey, joins us. Also, Farm Talk's John O'Connor looks at stories making the agri-news this week. Farm Talk on C103. A programme for government was agreed between the leaders of Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil and the Greens earlier this week. It got approval from the parliamentary parties late last Monday night and it now goes to the membership for approval. IFA said the documents had some good aspects, but it lacked specifics in relation to funding commitments. President Tim Cullinan welcomed commitments to an environmental scheme similar to REPS, but this will need to be sufficiently resourced with new funding to enable a significant payment per farmer. It cannot be just a recycling of funds from other schemes. He welcomed the commitment to appoint a food ombudsman in line with the EU directive on the food chain. The IFA said its redline issues were protected in the proposed programme for government. There's no ban on live exports and the association says it's satisfied there won't be cuts to the national herd. IFA President Tim Cullinan says the language on methane emissions from cattle is reassuring as well. Methane is... um is a cycle. It's a twelve-year cycle, and so if you're if you're not increasing, you're not you're not causing a problem. It's a, it's 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 a cycle. It's recycled into the ground, and, and and it goes around. So look, that needs to be acknowledged. And you know the way it is being accounted for, and I think you know the science is there to say this is where it's at, and and you know that needs to be accounted for. ICMSA says the programme for government can be a new start for a relationship between environmentalists and family farms. 
The programme has positives but lacks specific budgets. ICMSA President Pat McCormack says it's detailed in scope and ambition and farmers would be reassured by the tone of several of the passages dealing with agriculture. He said efforts have been made to avoid the kind of crude farmer bashing that many had feared and that had to be acknowledged. However, Pat McCormack said that was balanced by a troubling lack of specifics on how farmers would be paid to help lower emissions amongst other objectives and this was obvious in the REPS-type scheme envisaged in the programme. Funding will reveal if the new scheme is a real option for farmers. ICSA says it's pleased to see its policies included in the programme for government. President Edmund Phelan says the agriculture chapter contains a number of measures they'd been lobbying for in recent years notably a better-funded REPS-type agri-environment scheme that rewards those who deliver on biodiversity, landscape and climate change measures. ICSA is also pleased by the commitment to a National Food Ombudsman with powers to enforce unfair trading practices directive and also scrutinise pricing in the food chain. ICSA also welcomes the proposal to establish an independent agricultural appeals review panel with farmer representation. ISPCA welcomed animal welfare commitments in the programme for government. On farm animals, it welcomes the commitment to uphold the EU pigs directive. With regard to poultry, ISPCA is calling for cages for laying hens to be phased out by 2025 in line with the EU-wide campaign. ISPCA would like to see a ban on live exports to non-EU countries where animal welfare legislation is poor or non-existent and where handling and slaughter practices are inhumane. It's disappointed this is not addressed in the programme for government. The commitment to introduce legislation to phase out fur farming as promised by the previous government has been welcomed. On wild animals, it welcomes the commitment to roll out the badger vaccination programme and bring an end to the cull of badgers. Horseport Ireland welcomes the support for the industry in the programme for government. It highlights the need for increased ambition to exploit the enormous potential of the sector from the perspective of competitive sport, welfare, traceability and breeding standards. It also welcomes commitments on rural development in the wake of COVID-19 and further enhancements of the leader rural development programme. Irish Farmers Journal says the programme for government promises to deliver increased transparency in the beef sector, a review of farm assist supports a biodiversity survey of every farm in Ireland, a review of pesticide use by farmers, a national soil strategy and a drive to expand organic farming. IFA is calling on the Minister for Agriculture, Michael Creed, to step in and resolve the crisis with forestry licences before the sector collapses. Farm Forestry Chair Vincent Nally said the sector is in a state of emergency and there appears to be a lack of understanding among many in the department about the scale of the problem and the degree of frustration felt by forest owners that are trying to manage their investment. COVID-19 is putting a lot of people to the pin of their collar, and farmers are no different, but many have money tied up in forestry that they would like to release to help them through the present income crisis, but unable to do so because of delays in the system. IFAs repeatedly asked for a short-term plan to address the backlog of licences, of which an excess of 1,200 had built up. Management costs were spiralling out of control, especially for small farm forests that did not have the revenue-generating potential of larger forests. AgriAware and Alltech Ireland have come together to set up the Ag Credible Academy to help farmers and the agriculture community enhance how we tell farming stories on social media and reach the non-farming community. Alan Jago in Carrigaline is chair of AgriAware, and he's been telling me about their recent initiatives. We actually launched the Feeding the Frontline campaign 
And that was to ensure um, to the consumer that the, the supermarket shelves would not go empty from Irish farm produce. We saw there was fierce runs on bread and on toilet rolls and all that kind of crack. Um, but it was really to guarantee the consumer that looked at that the supermarket shelves that Irish farmers are continuing to produce top quality meat, dairy, vegetables, you name it, and that the supermarket shelves would always be full from Irish farm produce. And the most recent Ag Credible campaign then, what was that all about? Yes, so Barry, that started very much at the, the same time as uh, Feeding the Frontline. And the Ag Credible campaign is basically about empowering Irish farmers and those working within the agri-food industry to get out there and tell the story about what is actually happening on farms and what's happening in the industry. You know, we've we've a very large industry here in Ireland, we've a very large ag industry here in Ireland, and you know, there's a lot of good things happening, and a lot of good things happening on farm. But a lot of farmers, I suppose, they hadn't got the tools and they hadn't got, I suppose, confidence to go out there and show what, what they're doing on their farm and how they're producing top quality food. So the Incredible campaign basically started from that and we held a series of social media classes back over six weeks ago where it actually empowered farmers to actually use social media, show them how to use social media to actually sell um, what they're doing on their farms to the non-farming consumer. And the next phase of that was our incredible Shed Talk, which have begun this week and which will go on for the next number of weeks, where we are now getting experts, both internationally and Irish experts, to give farmers, to gain the confidence that when they're explaining what they're doing on their farm, that they have the, the, the science, the knowledge, the facts, and the research behind that those facts. What topics are you uh, aiming at in particular, Alan? Last Tuesday night, we had Jack Bobo from the United States, and he very much was focusing on that agriculture is part of the solution, not the problem. And our next topics are going to be actually uh, from Cork's own uh, Tia Hennessy from UCC, and she's very much going to focus about the economics of Irish agriculture and what it's doing for rural communities and indeed for the Irish economy in general. Following on from that, we have a gentleman from Japan called Dr. Taro Takashaki, and he's very much going to say and focus on why the world actually needs livestock and what livestock is doing in terms of producing food and using a lot of the food that's inedible to humans to actually turn that into to, to animal protein. Following on from that, we've got Professor Alice Stanton. She is a professor at the Royal College of Surgeons, and she's really going to talk about the nutrition of food and how we think you know, a balanced diet of uh, meat and dairy and vegetables, you know, the food that Irish farmers are producing on our farms, how that leads to um, health, well-being and uh, longevity in our lives. And then the, our last uh, speaker is Dr. Dunaberry, and Dr. Dunaberry will be very familiar to a lot of your listeners um, working up there in Moor Park in the Vista Milk. And he's going to talk about what farmers are doing and what the science is actually going to show about reducing the carbon footprint um, of how we produce our food going forward. So look, a lot of information available there and all the information can be found on agriware.ie. And if people are still anxious to join as you go along, can they do so? As I said, agriware.ie or follow us on social media channels. All the information about logging into these events um, is up there as well as the rest of our activities. Alan Jago, Chairman of AgriAware. Last week we heard calls from the farming organisations for an improved milk price from the co-ops for May. IFA's welcomed the decision by the Board of Dairy Gold to increase its May milk price. As Farm Talks, John O'Connor reports. 
IFA National Dairy Committee Chairman Tom Phelan has welcomed the decision by the Board of Dairy Gold to increase its May milk price by 0.5 cents a litre to 29.19 cents a litre, including quality and sustainability bonuses and VAT. He said it would help boost farmers' confidence at a challenging time for cash flow and morale. He said co-ops who have not yet set their May milk price should take a leaf out of the Dairy Gold book. All co-ops, he said, should look to improve June payouts. The outlook for dairy markets continues to be reasonably positive, he said, so it's important that co-ops would now start to consider more favourably future milk pricing decisions. The IFA dairy chairman claimed we had seen the end of milk price cuts and with recent indications including the GD auction showing firmer trends, farmers will need to see better milk prices from all co-ops going forward. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. ICSA said this week's price cuts are a blow for sheep farmers, having been left out of the COVID-19 support packages up to now. Markets have been impacted, wool prices are below the floor, and processors continue to ignore the real cost associated with producing lambs, and they keep slashing prices. Sheep chair Sean McNamara has reiterated his call for a family farm support package that would assist all family farms with the fallout from COVID-19. Farm Talk on C103. Just ahead of the Farm Talk programme last week, the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Michael Creed, announced Cabinet approval for the allocation of €50 million euro to provide a support scheme for beef finishing farms severely impacted by the economic effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Minister Creed will be engaging with stakeholders in relation to detail of the scheme to be developed, which must be submitted to the EU for state aid approval under the COVID-19 temporary state aid framework. A meeting of the Beef Task Force is planned for the end of June to take place by video conference. IFA welcomed the proposed package for beef finishers. President Tim Cullinan said details of the scheme and the small print will be important. In a submission, IFA had said beef finishers had lost over €20 million euro as a result of the COVID price impact. ICMSA President Pat McCormack welcomed the announcement of a €50 million euro support package and said its recognition of the substantial losses suffered by beef producers due to COVID-19. Beef prices, he said, have been in the doldrums for over 18 months, but particularly since the outbreak of the pandemic. ICMSA is pressing for the scheme to be straightforward with payments made as promptly as possible. ICSA President Edmund Phelan said it's been pushing for the compensation scheme since the beginning of the lockdown. When it became abundantly clear the beef sector would take a direct hit as a result of COVID-19. It's their goal to get funds out as quickly as possible. ICSA said the totality of the economic hit on farming also needs to be addressed and the association is adamant the losses sheep and suckler farmers have suffered are also acknowledged. The announcement the Beef Task Force will meet at the end of June has also been welcomed by the ICSA. Next, Leslie Dwyer of APS BioAg has been working on a new system of applying nitrogen fertiliser as a foliar spray onto grass as opposed to a granule. The aim is to assist in the reduction of nitrogen use while maintaining growth rates. I asked Leslie how this can be achieved under his system. It's achieved, uh, Barry, primarily through um, applying nitrogen as a foliar onto grass. So uh, traditionally, uh, a gra- fertilizer is applied as a granule onto soil, and then it goes through various changes in the soil, where through, the, through soil bacteria is converted into a, a form that's taken up by the plant through its roots. 
Um, this is uh, obviously very successful. It's wide, widely adopted, but um, there is um, some inefficiencies in the system. Um, Foliar urea um, has been used for many, many years in the um, foliar nitrogen in the arable sector across the world and in New Zealand for quite a few years now in the grass uh, grassland systems. And basically, uh, foliar urea is a it's it's granular urea melted down with water and sprayed onto grass and at a leaf cover of about five to seven hundred kilos. So you're actually targeting the nitrogen onto the leaf where it's absorbed through the stomata in the cell walls. And when you do this, um, it's much more efficient. Um, it's only two steps away from being converted to amino acids and into protein. So um, you can generally cut your rates by about 40% on grazing ground and up to generally 50, 55% inside this ground. Um, so it's a new way of applying it um, to grassland. And um, But it's been proven uh, quite uh, quite readily in the New Zealand uh, system. They have about 5% of the market there now applying um, nitrogen as a foliar application, and there's uh, uh, there's some uh, renewed interest here with the, with the new uh, with the new regulations that are coming, and with uh, talk about um, nitrogen use efficiency and how how we make more of the nitrogen that we are using. Um, so it's basically um, applied as a liquid onto the leaf. And um, and let the leaf take it up as opposed to putting it on the soil. Now, on the background that you were giving me there, Leslie, it would appear that the system hasn't been all plain sailing. In fact, you refer to a steep learning curve. So what did that involve? Yeah, um, I suppose we bought our first machines in in, uh, in 2017, Barry, and uh, early in the spring we got some uh, really positive uh, responses um, where we cut nitrogen levels by 40%. We maintained growth rates. Uh, quite consistent, but as moisture levels uh, dropped, uh, we started to see some um, significant scorching on grass, and um, something that they hadn't um, come across in the New Zealand market or the Australian market, and um, so we basically had to put a stop on the system and try and figure out what was going on, and uh, it is due to several environmental factors. Some of it is uh, is trace mineral um, derived. There is some essential trace minerals that are needed in the plant um, to convert the urea into amino acids. And uh, we spent a couple of years figuring out the the correct levels of those trace minerals to uh, to apply, how to apply them. So now we put a trace element mix in with our uh, urea solution, and that has um, effectively eliminated. Uh, the scarce situation even up as high as a rate of 25 units, which previously we wouldn't have um, have um, applied at high of a level, but we're now using 25 units readily on grass silage, and um, there's no uh, no scorching. Now you would have seen the initiative obviously in the southern hemisphere, but then trying to make it work under Irish conditions, how difficult was that? That was our, our I suppose, our biggest uh, um, hurdle to get over, Barry, was that that scorching effect. Um, and uh, and to figure that out now luckily i had access to uh, quite a lot of consultants and um, that, that have worked in biological systems and that were very familiar with uh, foliar applications worldwide so we picked some of the best brains um, around the world and we looked at some detailed analysis and took samples in terms of uh, where our grasses were at what levels were there and what levels were needed so we were able to formulate a plan based on um, on, on scientific uh, analysis and results 
and um, we, uh, we we picked the best brains to, to help us put a plan together to overcome it. And now that it's working, what improvements are farmers seeing? We have several machines working around the country, and what we've done in the last uh, in the last year is basically we've pre-mixed uh, urea solutions on farmers, and we've uh, got uh, farmers to use our normal farm sprayer to actually apply the foliar application onto pasture and grass silage. Um, field. So we've tweaked um, their fertiliser recommendations. This year we have successfully grown grass silage on several farms uh, with a total nitrogen application of 36 units. Um, on grazing fields um, we're easily seeing a reduction of 40% provided we have enough moisture when times get dry and in drought like we're after experiencing um, growth rates are obviously limited by moisture but when we have enough moisture we're readily uh, achieving consistent growth rates um, comparable with a with 100% application on 60% um, 60% rate. So we, we're using foliar urea all year round and um, cutting the rate by 40% and holding growth rates. But significantly, I suppose, also we're seeing the farmers are reporting back to us, cows are seem to be happier and healthier. Um, they're, they're, they're performing better, cleaning, cleaning swords out better and uh, getting better, better graze outs. So there is benefits long term in, in terms of cow health because uh, the grass isn't as exposed um, as nitrogen rich or as protein rich um, as it would through granular applications. So um, cows uh, cows seem to settle better on, on the foyer fed grass. And what's the plan next, Leslie, under the initiative? Um, what we're looking at at the moment, uh, we have uh, we have uh, good interest around uh, around the country from farmers. Um, I suppose the the, re- the reduction of nitrogen that's coming down the line, Barry, is, is focused in mind in terms of how do we optimise use use of, of what nitrogen we're allowed to to buy at farm level from here on in. Um, we have several farmers interested in. Uh, in having contractors to come in and actually melt down urea, put it into bonded storage, and actually even use their own sprayers to, to, to apply it onto sizes ground onto and onto grazing ground, we've um, we're just have commenced uh, plot trials with a, with a county Cork company um, in North County Cork uh, to test the concept at um, at a scientific level in randomised plots um, to to prove that a forty percent reduction. Um, in grazing and a 55% reduction in silage ground can yield the same results. And um, we're in the middle of a submission also um, to hold trials in conjunction with UCD to uh, to prove the concept on four farms in the Leinster area um, over several applications. And again, cutting the rate 40% and looking at uh, the nutritional parameters of the grass, what's the protein levels, what's the ME levels, what are the fibre levels, what are the, the nutrient content uh, versus their normal granular applications. So we're, um, we're, we're, we're moving on with uh, on the research side to prove it in an Irish context. Thanks to Leslie Dwyer of APS BioAg. Recent changes to the TB eradication programme have come in for criticism from the nation's largest farm organisation. IFA Animal Health Chairman Pat Farrell has sharply criticised the Department of Agriculture's changes to the TB eradication programme. He contended the department implemented these changes without discussion or consultation with farmers. Pat Farrell said the move by the Department of Agriculture to remove animals that had previously been inconclusive in TB breakdowns and to deem tests where four or more animals test inconclusive as reactors 
is a significant change to the programme, which impacts severely on farmers. IFA Chairman Pat Farrell further contended the Department had shown yet again they had no difficulty in increasing what he said had been the cost burden on farmers while refusing, allegedly, to address the enormous shortcomings in the compensation schemes. He went on to say this latest change to the implementation of the TB programme severely impacts on the income of farmers and had been imposed without any consultation. This, he said, was despite claims that all stakeholders would have the chance to input into decision-making on the programme. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We continue this week's Farm Talk with our weekly Chagask Advisory. Shane McCarthy is this week's advisor based in Middleton. We're looking at deadlines for a number of schemes which are now imminent. And with grass scarce at many farms at the moment, we look at ways of avoiding a shortfall. First, I ask Shane about the reference period for the BEAM scheme starting on July 1st and what are the actions required to adhere to the scheme? OK, so the scheme it was brought in last year and they took the days starting the 1st of July 2018 to the 30th of June 2019. So that was your kind of reference period of the amount of stock you had during that period. So um, I suppose the scheme, the main benefit of the scheme was farmers received €100 Euros per head for every animal slaughter between the 24th of September 2018 and the 12th of May 2019. And they also got €40 Euros per suckler cow that calved in 2018 also. There's probably two main elements left to this scheme now. One of the one of the main element is that they have to complete a single farm payment application for 2020 and 2021. I suppose the main one that's causing a lot of people concern is they have to reduce their stock numbers by 5%. So their clock is actually starting to tick on the 1st of July this year to the 30th of June next year. So they have to reduce by 5% over that 12-month period. So this is a yearly average now that a lot of people kind of get ringing up and they're saying they, they assume that they have to be 5% under every month for the 12 months, but that's not the case. This is actually a yearly average figure that they have to stay under. So, for example, if your animals excreted 10,000 kilos of nitrogen 
during the reference period, they'll have to stay under 9,500 kilos for the coming year or the coming 12 months. So that'll be a 5% reduction. I suppose it's important maybe to look where you are now and see what, where you are at the moment and maybe project your, your stock numbers for the, for the coming 12 months and try and stay under the 5%. Otherwise, you're going to look at probably a penalty or a clawback and some of the money, depending on, uh, on how far behind or under the, the 5% you're going to be. And if you have any queries, I suppose there's, there's plenty of people here in Chagas in the Chagas office to be able to do the figures for you if you're stuck. And Shane, just because we're in this period of uncertainty still with the COVID, is that making any difference at all to the way that these schemes are being implemented? There was a small bit of lobbying trying to get rid of the 5% because there was a fear that it might distort markets or, you know, people were finding it hard to sell the stock and, like, I suppose, marts or clothes didn't help. But at, at the moment, the 5% does, does stand. Um, and there is actually talks of a, a new... It mightn't be called beam scheme, but it's something similar. We don't really know the terms and conditions yet, but there is funding of it, potential funding available coming soon as well. Like so, hopefully that will help the beam farmers' situation at, at the present time. Indeed, there are a few important deadlines for the BDGP scheme. What are the main requirements? I suppose all the performance-related info has to be sent in, which would be your, I suppose your your calf quality, your docility to cow, um, reasons why you call the cow. So these are all kind of. Sheets that have to be filled out, assessing um, each animal, like, you know, in terms of their performance, really, like, so there's a couple of ways to do that. There was forms sent out by ICBF, which have to fill in or send back, or you can also do this online as well. Another requirement of the scheme is to send back the genomic samples. So there's requirements for 60% of your reference number to be genotyped each year. So them samples need to be sent back fairly soon. Um, another requirement would be your carbon navigator for 2019. So again, this can be done on paper or can also be done online as well. So there's two options to do that. Another one which is, could catch people, it's coming, the deadline is coming fairly quick, is actually the 30 of June. So you need a genotyped bull. If you're using a stock bull, you need a genotyped stock bull on your, on your farm on the 30 of June, and, and it needs to be four or five star for either terminal or, mater, or maternal traits. It's, it's, it's important to make sure you, ha, you have, have that on the farm. If you're, well, if you're using AI, you need 80% of the AI usage needs to be um, use of a bull with terminal four or five star or maternal um, four or five star. And the last thing then I suppose is, is you need 50% of your cows or heifers, so a heifer over 16 months or a cow on the 31st of October, they need 50% of them need to be four or five star. And if you're short, you can actually order more tags and get different animals genotyped if you're short your requirement. So you have your reference peer, your reference number. So if your reference number at the start of the scheme was say 50 animals, you need 25 animals. Then over 16 months, either cow or heifer, they need to be four or five there on the 31st of October. So grass is scarce on many farms at present, Shane. What can be done to avoid a shortfall? So if the grass goat is variable across Munster. Like some people are getting rain, other people people aren't. Um, if you're currently experiencing grass deficits, there's a number of options. The first thing will be maybe to wean autumn calf cows and restrict them. So, like, you'd be hoping they'd be in calf at this stage anyway. So, wean them and restrict them um, and, and save the grass for the rest of the animals. Just, um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be restricting your spring animals now at the moment, your spring cows, because they're potentially not in calf yet and they're still running with the bulls, so you, need to, you probably need to mind them. Um, another option would be maybe to call unproductive cows. So, like, if you are out of calving, maybe to scan and anything not in calves, maybe leave them off or, or try and fatten them quickly. Another option you could do is probably supplement your more forward animals and try and 
finish them off grass. So give them five or six kilos over 60 days, depending on what weight stage they're at. Try and push them on. It'll reduce demand for grass, and it'll get them off the farm that quick, bit quicker. Um, you could also look into maybe selling stock. Stock, like I suppose stores, they're still making reasonably good money at times, like so maybe an option to sell. And I suppose the last option then would be maybe to, if you have ground stop for second cut silage, would be to, to graze that if you, if you are very tight. So like if it was anything less than two two 2,500 kilos per hectare, you could look at maybe grazing some of that just to, to reduce your demand um, and give the rest of the grass a chance to come. Shane McCarthy, Tagusk advisor based in Middleton. Tagusk has announced details of a virtual farm walk webinar on Tuesday, June 30th. It'll take place on the award-winning farm of the Hearn family at Ballinacorra Rathgorma County, Waterford. 2019 National Winners of the NDC and Kerry Gold Quality Milk Awards. The event's organised by Tagusk with the support of Glanbia Ireland, the National Dairy Council and Ornua. The virtual farm walk time for 11am on June 30th and will highlight best practices adopted by the Hearn family, which makes Kieran and Anne's farm the success it is today. You can visit the Tagusk website to register for this virtual farm walk Tuesday, June 30th at 11am. The webinar will mark the 10th anniversary of the Quality Milk Products and the Hearn family are the 10th overall winners. It's been confirmed that 3,000 farm partnerships have now been registered officially. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Michael Creed, confirmed the number of established registered farm partnerships, RFPs, had now reached 3,000. This follows the registration of a further 343 new partnerships this year, ahead of the BPS basic payment deadline of May 15th. Minister Creed said he was pleased that interest in the farm partnership model had continued to grow, and 3,000 registered farm partnerships were currently registered with his own department. Apart from the obvious social benefits of forming a farm partnership, for example, better work-life balance, smoother intergenerational transfer and more efficient use of land, particularly around the milking platform, the state provides incentives to encourage the creation and maintenance of these farm partnerships. Minister Crete said these incentives include the granting of enhanced 50% stock relief to members of registered farm partnerships and allowing increased thresholds under some of the CAP Pillar 1 and Pillar 2 schemes such as BPS and TAMS. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. As we informed you last week, the Cork Virtual Summer Show 2020 will take place online this year due to COVID-19. Organised by the Munster Agricultural Society, the Cork Summer Show has been running in one form or another for over 200 years since 1806, but this will be the first ever virtual show. Events and competitions are all online events and cover categories like horses and ponies, cattle, sheep, goats and pigs, poultry, floral art, plants and horticulture, the 10-minute cook-off, children's crafts, to include handcrafts and Lego, Duplo and Meccano, pet show, agri-innovation awards and best-dressed competitions. Cork Summer Show 2020 embraces a virtual stage and opens up to everyone with access to the web, be it on mobile, cellular phone, tablet or computer. A full list of chosen charities is to be published after the show. By participating in the new Cork Virtual Summer Show, you will be supporting a charity in your local region. The Cork Virtual Summer Show has been totally focused towards people and their interests, so for the first time able to give attention to wider participation and to competitions one could not run in a physical showground. 
Entries close at midnight on Tuesday, June 30th and judging will take place online on July 5th and 6th. IFA is calling for the early approval of all TAMS applicants for the latest period, which closed on June 5th. Over 5,000 applications were submitted, and it's now up to Minister Michael Creed to issue approval to all of the applicants. Farmers who do not have full planning permission must have it secured by July 10th, when the selective process will proceed. The next application period has opened since June 6th and closes on August 7th, a shorter time frame than usual. It's not yet known how many more there will be between August and December next, when the current phase of the schemes comes to an end. Dairy Gold's Dairy Area Sales Manager in the South City area, Susan Casey, joins us on Farm Talk. A lot of this year's fertiliser has gone out. Many farmers are topping up with nitrogen where there's been rain and more getting compounds out in the likes of second-cut silage ground. Time and again we're told to get the pH of the soil right first to get the most from fertiliser being spread and to see the true value from it. So I asked Susan what steps farmers can take now to improve their pH. So ideally farmers now will be looking at recent enough um, soil results. Anyone in derogation should have these um, as standard. Anyone that doesn't, I'd recommend that they'd go and do it um, so that they know exactly what their soil fertility levels are. Um, farmers should be looking through these now and starting to earmark fields um, with low pHs and kind of even if you can group them together and, and make out a plan as to when this will be done and, and which form of lime you'd actually use um, just so they have a plan because you'd be kind of hoping to do it late summer in, into autumn would be the ideal time to, to start doing it. And to have an effective liming programme then, Susan, how can farmers see return for the efforts in their pockets? Um, oh, lime would be the it's the cheapest form of fertiliser they can put out um, in reaching the target pH, so depending on your, your the type of soil you do have, mineral soils you're aiming for 6.3, peat soils 5.5, and, and if you have any molybdenum soils, you want to keep that kind of below the, the 6.2. But by achieving these targets, you're you're not only getting better growth and response from the, the NP and K that you put out, whether it's chemical or through slurry, but you're getting a better response. You're also unlocking um, extra P and K from the soil itself and also getting an extra release of nitrogen, which can be up to two and a half bags a can an acre a year. So there, there is a saving by doing it. And from that, you will get an in- increased grass growth, which can be can be up to an extra one tonne of dry matter a hectare. So that's, that's saving you having to, to put in more feed in the parlour, um, you have it there, especially in conditions like now where we're possibly facing a drought. If your um, pH is optimum, you're getting the most out of the fertiliser and you're getting the best growth possible. And is there any effect of spreading fertiliser or slurry close to liming? And how long should farmers wait in between? This is why it's important to, to make your, your liming plan. So that, say, if you're using slurry or urea um, before liming, you'd want to give seven to ten days afterwards um, between the, the, the slurry and the lime going out. Um, if you're going to use the the, <clears throat> the slurry and the urea after liming, liming, you need to give three to six months, really, because you will have um, reduced nitrogen. Um, you, it won't be as effective. You won't get as much nitrogen from that, especially the slurry. Um, so in the springtime, if you're liming, you really need to take that into account. Or if you're liming late in the back end of the year, you need to take that into account for the spring. Um, as with with um, 
with your standard protected urea or, or can-based products, you ideally just want the, the fertilizer washed in or you want the lime washed in before you put that out. It won't have an effect. The, the main issue is around slurry and urea. And the question then of granulated lime versus ground lime, why would you spread over the other? Ground lime, is, it's probably the most cost-effective. You do get a response within three to six months and it's much longer lasting. So you're kind of talking about three years um, with the with the granulated lime, it, it's quick, it, it works straight away, but it's quite short time. So it depends on how what your pH is at. If you've quite a good pH status and you're just looking for maintenance, grand lime is probably easier. Um, there's not there's there's not as much time needed for it to come back into the system. But if you have quite low soil pHs and there's quite a lot of corrective needing to be done the preferred option would be to go for the ground lime. And how long will it take farmers to see the difference in the soil? When can they soil test after this? You'd be seeing it within three to six months, you will start seeing a response. Um, and and the, the poorer the soil pH, you'll, you'll, you'll really start to notice the difference. Um, there's probably not much point soil testing within the year after doing the, after doing the lime. If you can maintain your, your soil test every kind of two to four years is, is ideal. Susan Casey, Dairy Gold's Dairy Area Sales Manager in the South City. Cork County Council's Water Conservation Management Group is asking people to help conserve water supplies. The group's been re-established in order to ensure that public water is saved as much as possible and supplies properly managed. There's been an increased demand of water supplies in County Cork, with more people staying at home because of COVID-19 and businesses reopening along with a prolonged spell of dry weather. A host by BAM continues until July 21st. Cork County Council is calling on all communities and businesses to be mindful of all use of public water to help alleviate pressure on the water systems. Tiagas estimates the output from the cereal sector in Ireland will reduce by at least €100 million Euro this year following the effects of the prolonged drought which has severely affected crops in the east of the country. Total output of grain will drop from the normal 2.3 million tonnes to under 1.9 million. Straw yields predicted to reduce by close to 25% of normal quantities, with an estimated 1.6 million less bales available in the country this year. The drought's also hitting livestock farmers with grass growth severely affected. IFA said the drought will have a severe impact on tillage farm incomes. Recent rains were too little too late for many crops. At best, growers will have significant yield reductions, while in other situations, entire crops are a write-off. The situation is particularly critical through the Midlands and the East. The following are the locations for Farm Plastics Recycling Bring Centres in Cork County for June and July 2020. The opening hours, 9am to 5pm, generally subject to the types of acceptable farm plastics. Castle Lines, Glambia, Monday and Tuesday, 29th and 30th June. Dairy Gold Mogili, Thursday, 2nd of July. McDonald's Grain, Saline, Friday, 3rd of July. Castletown Roach Car Boot Sale Yard, Monday and Tuesday, 6th and 7th of July. Mitchellstown Mart, Thursday, Friday, 9th and 10th of July. Canturk Marts, Friday, Saturday, 24th and 25th of July. Dairy Gold Lumberstown Mallow, Tuesday, 28th of July. Dairy Gold Mill Street, Thursday and Friday, 30th and 31st of July. Before arranging to bring farm plastics to any of the centres, listeners should confirm opening times of those centres, types of plastics accepted, charges etc. They should contact 1890 300 
four double four. That's eighteen ninety three zero zero four double four or www.farmplastics.ie, all lowercase. That's www.farmplastics.ie. IFFPG, the operators, generally open the centres at 9am and operate till 5pm. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. And thanks to John for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme again this week. I'm Barry O'Mahony. Thanks for listening. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade.